Hello and welcome to Hold My Popcorn, where we make fun of the good movies and trash the bad ones. I'm Max Healy out in a soggy and rainy-filled Nashville, and with us in Boston, we have Tim Begin. How are you, Tim? Doing great, Max. Doing great. I'm pleasantly surprised by this movie. Uh, I had never seen it before, but uh, really enjoyed it. Excellent. And also in Boston, we have Mike Preble. How's it hanging, sir? I'm doing very well, Max. I also have never seen this movie, and I also was very pleasantly entertained for about an hour and a half. You know, I also probably didn't see it as Derek, but he's not here, so we don't know. So it's going to be another episode of the Boston Boys. There there is no report back from Derek. He (laughs) probably is um, in a ditch somewhere in Vegas with some sort of sticky unknown substance on his face we can't be sure (laughs) but might be human might be alien right we don't know know. no one knows but Mm -hmm. we can't worry about that right now because we have Nick Cage madness on our hands we do and for the new month we figured we'd do a March Madness theme and what actor personifies madness better than Nicolas Cage so we're gonna be starting out our Nick Cage March Madness with a his breakout film in 1987's Raisin Arizona, directed by the Coen Brothers and starring old Crazy Nick as well as Holly Hunter, John Goodman, Trey Wilson, and William Forsythe. Um, so I hadn't seen this movie either. Um, did enjoy it though. Um, Nikki did not enjoy it, but really, yeah, did she <laughs> did provide some insight into that. Yeah, no, was exactly- she just didn't like it. The movie ended. She's like, "That's it. I didn't like it." <laughs> so, that's it alright move but, it but gotta say whether you like it or you know hate it you can't say the movie's boring or unoriginal no it's definitely not boring or unoriginal no definitely yeah. I don't I thought the whole movie was gonna be like you know that first scene mm-hmm. like the first basically before the credits roll the, yep. the opening credits roll yeah. I thought the whole movie was gonna be like that where it was sort of like this very like fast melodic soundtrack to the whole thing, I was like, I, I kind of would like it to be like that, to be honest. But that's interesting you say that because I didn't again because it took like ten minutes for us to see the raising Arizona title shot yeah. and like all the things right. to roll. And I was like, is it just going to be like a lot of like tiny vignettes, like these like little like oh like this and this and this? Because I was like, I wouldn't hate it, but I was like, this is a very interesting way to approach this movie immediately. And again, mm-hmm. like I I didn't really know anything about it, so I was just like, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but. I was like, okay, this is entertaining. Like, you've caught my attention. Yeah, like a redneck ballad. Yeah, right, a lot exactly. of banjos and stuff. But I didn't know if this was like a genuine representation of like people from like Tucson or like Gilbert, Arizona or wherever they may be from. Yeah, people like from like who are Arizona natives definitely put on that. They have like a, a particular, it's not like a Southern accent, but it's like a, it's like almost like a fake southern accent. Yeah. It's like they watch the Grand Old Opry. I like that. And they're like, I'm going to try and mimic that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Texas but removed. Right. right. Okay. It's like they feel it's like they feel left out from anywhere, any place with like a real actual culture, so they're trying to fake it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I forgot to, to mention that I don't like Arizona. <laughs> it is unbearable. My god. It's dry, huh? It is so Beautiful. fucking hot though. It's a beautiful state. It's just I'll tell you what, some of the people. Yeah, I was gonna say at times this movie feels like a Daffy Duck live action cartoon. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to that. Yeah. No, it is. It's out of control. 
But um, yeah, there's no way we can really do any of the quirkiness any justice, but this is just a Coen Brothers movie through and through. It was the second movie they ever did, too, and um, it definitely kind of set up the, the vibe that you'll get for most of their films going forward. Yeah, I didn't know this was one of their films until I looked it up, and I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Now that I understood that, I was like, oh, okay, this is like a... Like, this falls in line kind of with their, like, weird sense, you know, like, their weird takes off. Yeah. So everything's just always a little off-kelter. Yeah. Like, a lot of times they'll just introduce a scene with people, like, mid-conversation talking, and you have absolutely no idea, and it's, like, a really weird conversation, and then they just go into the scene. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, All right, but let's get into it. So, in this, Nicolas Cage, he plays Herbert High, H.I. McDonough. Um, a Joe Dirt-looking small-time criminal who has an obsession with robbing shortstop convenience stores. And um, so the first few minutes of this movie just entails Cage repeatedly robbing the same convenience store, getting, you know, and then getting caught because he does some stupid shit like accidentally locking his keys in the car. And then he's flirting with a cop who takes his mugshot. Then he's walking by the same fat dude cleaning the main floor of the prison who just growls at him until it becomes so routine that he just ignores Cage completely. And then getting released by the parole board, led by some super weird guy. Okay, then. Yeah. I have to say, though, I, I really enjoy that beginning scene. Constantly getting arrested and all that stuff. And him getting caught in, like, the dumbest ways. Like, <laughs> I, know. I forgot my keys, then you run back, and he's, like, running away. I was like, this is, this is, <laughs> I thought this was very good. I kind of thought that, like, uh... If there was like so, like a, a black person watching this, they'd be like, "That is, like, they'd be like, that's not how parole boards act around African Americans. They're always they're constantly being like, well, you haven't learned your lesson now. Go back to jail.' You know what? I wasn't even in the state. Well, you'll learn your lesson. Think about that when you're in prison for the next ten years. Well, you they know just, what? Like, they have parole boards coming to up to them on the street, being like, "Well, you got to go back to jail. I'm not in jail. Well, you are now. You did something." Well, it's yeah. even like I kept thinking about this in relation to like Shawshank Redemption and like Morgan Freeman. It's just like, nope, nope, nope. And every time he's just like, well, I robbed it, but I didn't have any bullets in my gun. They were like, well, can't get out of here, sport. Well, like, that ain't ro- armed robbery then. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, get out of here, scamp. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. see you later. <laughs> Isn't like a robbery, like, so a robbery is like a felony yeah. crime, I assume, right? So yeah, rob- how many one. times did he rob? Uh, a convenience store more than three times isn't that like you know tri- double jeopardy or whatever the fuck they call um, three strikes no three strikes yeah. that's the one you want yeah, yeah, yeah the three strikes law which applies to only certain felonies but I don't yeah, know I guess since it wasn't violent well well states def- well without digressing um states states define their own criminal laws in a very f- funny way so maybe it might have or maybe it wouldn't have but he, do- he does make fun of Reagan at some point Mm. During this, my thought was like, "Ha, huh, that's funny," but yeah, he was like, "Ah, oh, Reagan, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess," but <laughs> sure. Yeah, now there is that. I mean, that it is unarmed. Technically, well, actually, hmm, I'm not going to talk about this, but yeah. it could be also, unarmed robbery, as they kept saying. Even though he did have a gun, and just because you don't have bullets in it, I don't know if that could qualify as unarmed robbery. You still have a physical gun, yeah. but that being well, said. Also, logic and realism just kind of gets thrown out the window in the next few minutes of this movie, so yeah. it's okay. Right? Yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah, pretty hard. Yeah. So, um, at one of his mugshot bookings, Cage sees the cop played by Holly Hunter upset because her finance dumped her. So, 
<laughs> so uh, Cage tells Hunter that he's going to marry her when he gets out, and that's exactly what he does when he proposes to her at the police station. By putting a ring on her finger while she's taking his fingerprints after a crime he committed. <laughs> yep. Again. Which is a, objectively a great move. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's really how you win him over. And also, it's just yeah. hilarious. I like that. It's like my finance ran off. I mean, he's like struggling against... Like these cops bringing him away, <laughs> yeah, re- resisting. Yeah, he's like resi- not even resisting. <laughs> like, what well, that guy's stupid? He's, just, he's like, he's like, I'll marry you with my thin mustache. And I was just like, oh god, this is ridiculous. And yeah, I was gonna say the ring is the ring portion of that is very funny. And then twenty we- bucks on Bobby Kraft doing that to a female officer when he actually shows up to uh, to jail. Do you how much I love you? I love you so much. I don't want to be in jail. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> do my bidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, terrible. He's a what a shit bag. What a terrible person. Oh, God. Uh, um, also, I do the funny thing too is that when he uh, proposes, he knows the criminal is getting booked. Just, Howdy, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Holly Hunter is also awesome in this movie. She's you know just playing the cute, undereducated but still hard as nails wife. Yes. Right. Yeah, she's good. You know who she reminded me of? What's the uh, the woman that's in like the Truman Show and the John Ams? What's her name? Like, um, Laura Lenny. Yes, Laura Linney. Yeah. I thought it was her for a second. I was like, is this Laura Linney? And I was like, no, this isn't her. It's the other woman. No, she's Mrs. Incredible. Yes. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, Elastic Girls. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, she was plays a great, her. like, deadpan, I'm I'm having a psychotic episode. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a normal person, but I'm having, like, a breakdown right now. Type, like... What have I done with my life? Dead, right. Like, a real deadpan... You know, it was really good. Yeah. yeah. She was very good in this. So, uh, Cage, he gets a legitimate job as a welder in a factory and is uh, surrounded by some mouth breathers just as stupid as his friends in prison. And then he got Holly Hunter driving home with her cop car sirens ringing when she finds out that she can't bear children. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then also, they're not eligible for adoption due to Cage's criminal history. Yeah, this Which was- I think that's a flaw in the system. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's an officer twice decorated, so we figure it just kind of evens out. I love I love that I love that logic and I also just like again, it's like a classic Coen Brothers thing apparently, you know, where like it's just like there's like a narrator over and they're showing you images and the doctor's pointing to like, you know, like the uterus and like, he's this like doesn't no, work. Yeah, no good. <laughs> and I can't remember what he says. He's like it's like she is not as fertile as the Tennessee Valley, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, I know. Like this is what a weird this. But that this is when I didn't know the Coen Brothers had done this. I was like, "Who's fucking directing this movie?" And then when I figured that out, I was like, "Oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense, right?" Like this, you know, you have like these people that you think are like uneducated. Meanwhile, they're using like an, am- an amazing array of diction. Like these people are like geniuses. But right. they're like, "Oh golly, shucks me!" And it's like, I don't know. You seem pretty smart. It's strange. Your IQ is 60, but you absolutely blew us away in the vocabulary section. <laughs> 59 of your points were just vocabulary. They got a 10 in math and an 800 in English. I was like, yeah. I don't know how this happened. There's like, there's, there's extreme disparity here. Well, it's sort of that, like, it is that, like, folksy. There's, they're using that, like, folksy, like, I'm a, you know, like, I'm a big, I'm dumb simpleton, but I, you know, 
I know all the uh, all like the idioms mm. and mm. and metaphors of the time. Yeah, but they don't they don't actually they know when to use them. They don't actually know what they mean. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of dumb people thinking that they're they sound smart, especially John Goodman later on. Oh my god, perfect, <laughs> perfect person. So uh, then on the news, they hear that the wife of Nathan Arizona, the owner of the largest chain of unpainted furniture and bathroom fixture outlets in the Southwest, gives birth to five boys. So without saying a word, Cage and Hunter decide to steal one of the boys and keep them as their own. And then this is when the credits come on. So you're 11 minutes into the you're 11 minutes into a 90 minute movie when the credits come up. Right. It's a bold choice. I thought they were going to do the thing at the end where they then throw the credit, they then throw yeah. like, the title card on. I was like, uh, it's just one of these movies. And then when they came out, and I was like, oh. I've been, I've been startled and upset. Okay. <laughs> so after the credits, he cut to Mr. and Mrs. Arizona, kind of just overhearing Nicholas Cage stealing one of their sons, Nathan Jr., out of his crib upstairs. And this is around the time that you realize this movie is going to be a cartoon. Because like the living room is just a stage, first of all. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, but the thing is, like, none of the other, kind of none of the other, like, sets in the movie... Mm. Are are weird. They're all pretty realistic, except for this house. Yeah. Like the kids' room in the house is yeah. fucking crazy. And then, even like the the door into the kids' room, it's like it, it's like they're walking out into this wicked bright light, almost like they're walking into heaven. Yeah. And then the fucking like the living room where they're sitting in the you know the mom and dad are sitting in, it's just very like you know everything's too big and like it's weirdly shaped it's just not. It's shot like you're sitting in the audience of a theater, looking up right. at it. You can almost see the stage, like, right? Yeah, you yeah. Can, like see it. Yeah. It kind of looks like an Alice in Wonderland a mm. little bit. You know what I mean? I'm just. I was just. I only noticed it in that, in that house. Yeah. There was no other like. Yeah. Part it's true. Of the yeah. No, yeah, it was weird. I was gonna say, and also the the guy, <clears throat> Arizona has. One of the I don't know why this made me laugh so hard, but he he's a long diagram. At the end of it is just like no chairs and you got dick. And I <laughs> couldn't stop laughing. He's like, You don't have like ease folding chairs? It's like, then you got dick. And I was like, Oh my god, this is out of control. And it's he goes, just, You got chairs, you got a dinette. Yeah, set. Exactly, dinette. No chairs, you got dick. Yeah. I didn't know why. I'm watching this. I'm like, I don't know if it was like the atmosphere or anything. And just like the whole the whole persona of this thing is so bizarre. And like this whole house, I don't know if they're trying to, like, make a statement on, like, wealth or whatever, but, like, the whole thing was fucking weird. Like, the room was gigantic where the kids were. They all live in one gigantic bed, like, it's some cartoon. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah. we got five kids or whatever, so we'll throw out a bed of five people. We'll yeah, with their names kids. on them. Yeah, and I'm like, this is, this is weird. Like, I don't understand this, but also, I 100% appreciate that. Within 12 minutes of this movie beginning... We're like, all right, we're stealing babies. Like the plot is ongoing. Like we're we're off. Like there's no right, no holding back now. Also, the most like just white names you'll ever get: Harry, Barry, Larry, Gary, and Nathan Jr. You know they're pretty perfect. <laughs> pretty perfect. And that's and that dumb was it that Doctor Spock's baby kid. I know. Nikki <laughs> pointed that out. She's like, oh god. Oh my god. That's so. That's just pure improv, at least to me anyways. It's like you mention something once and you mention it a bunch of times afterwards and it gets funnier and funnier each time. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on with this book? <laughs> Some beefy-ass kids, too. Like, I mean, if this was real life, that woman's poor vagina would have just been blown off her body if she delivered all those kids. Oh, yeah. 
They're like 15 pound babies. They're like one and a half. They're like two years <laughs> old. They're like toddlers. Yeah, yeah. You know, but right. they, but it's a movie. So like we got to give them like something that actually like does stuff. <laughs> well, well so apparently, apparently these people are who's. So maybe the gestation period for who's. Okay, you know. It's like two, two years. We don't know. We got to go back to the tape. We got to go back to Jim Carrey and uh, right. yeah. the 2000s. Right. You throw water on them and they grow. <laughs> oh, no. um, also, though, one of the notes I wrote down is: Is he test driving each kid? Yeah, he he's was, literally just right? picking up each one and like, is this good? Is this one good enough? Mm, I don't know. Well, let's put, let's, I'll put this one down. We'll put up another one. How's this one doing? It's a weird. The thing. whole the whole scene, like the whole first that whole scene where he's in the room and he's still. I like. I kind of just don't. I was really racking my brain to think about like, what are what's the meaning behind all this, and I can't figure it out. It's weird. I couldn't figure out the reason why their house was weird. I couldn't figure out the reason why he was just like picking up a kid, putting it back into the crib, and then the kids were getting out of the crib and crawling away, and why he wouldn't just you you went there to get a baby, so take the baby. Yeah, yeah get in and get out. Right. I don't understand the whole like the meaning behind it all. Yeah. It was it was a definitely an entertaining scene. Yeah. Um, so after a second attempt, Cage does steal one of the kids. And I think he says something like, I think we got the best one. <laughs> he does. <laughs> this one's real good. Yep. <laughs> I weighed them all out in my arms. I really caressed them, figured out which one's the best. And then I ran away, ran down this ladder. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> no. And then he, and then, um, Holy and Hunter. Then, uh, Ed goes, yeah. Ed goes, well, I don't. You know, are we doing a bad thing, taking it away from his mother, and then he goes, "Well, she's got three more almost as good kids." <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, right? We, we stole the best one. I think this is the junior. I think we got the yeah. best one. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and then um, they they head back, and he throws a housewarming party, and just the same exact way I think Derek would introduce a newborn to his house. Which is, put your paws up, and he's just holding the kid as far away from his body as humanly possible, just like he's taking out Tim's trash loaded with a week old Indian food. <laughs> just throwing away Playboys under his mattress and all that yeah. stuff, like whipping him around, like, oh God, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> the missus is back. He's like, yeah, he's like, look over here, this is our beer collection, <laughs> this is our weed collection, and this is where we keep our records, and this is where I keep my pornos. <laughs> And this is where I keep my Fritos. <laughs> my Frito station. Different versions of Dark Side of the Moon over here. It's like all right. <laughs> I stole them all. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to get a record player. That's the next thing. <laughs> and then you get one of the funniest scenes of the movie with John Goodman and his brother breaking out of jail through the sewer pipes. It, this is the only way I can imagine is that like this is just the view that the toilet sees when Derek and Tim make their hourly visits. <laughs> Oh yeah. John Goodman, whatever happens to him in his in any future he has, he will always have a role as just screaming loudly. He's the he best like, yell. He is this movie I was actually like almost crying laughing. Because it's for like a minute of him just yelling as he's escaping from yeah. like the shit filled bogs. He's just like Bruh! Pulling his brother up along with him. I like a baby out of a womb, just grabbing him by the leg. I know. It was so funny. I didn't even know what to do with myself as I'm watching this movie. I I said to myself when we first were introduced to these two characters, I said to myself, I was like, these two characters are like 
each side of Paco's brain. <laughs> Derek's really regretting not being on this episode. I know. We, we're, we're being very merciless. Right you know what? There's nothing you can say. It doesn't matter. He's not going to listen to this one anyway. I know. He's not going to listen. He, he can get a two-hour heads up, and here we are. So, hi, Derek. You're never going to hear this better. Yes. By the way, for the audience at home, uh, we were... Actually, it was it was an hour and a half before the show starts, and Derek sends a text saying, "Hey guys, I can't do it tonight." Okay. After he's, after we planned on doing it today, because this is the only day he said he could do it. After we pushed it back four days, just for the specific right. reason. Second one in a row, gang. Second one in a row. One more, yep. and he, we get to beat him to death, right? Right. Okay. Okay. Three strikes. Yeah, exactly. Three strikes. We just talked about it. Three strikes. Yep. You're in jail forever, even though it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh, so um, Goodman and his brother, played by William Force, uh, Forsythe, he's actually he's in um, he's in The Rock with Nicolas Cage a few years later. He always plays one of the scumbag guys, like a cop or something. Um, if you got teeth like that guy has, you can't. You're <laughs> only allowed to play a scumbag. It's true. You can't. You can't play like a good guy. <laughs> definitely They'd not. Like, Look at that guy's teeth. He's not good. No, he's definitely bad. Slick that hair back. Come on. His, get parents, a mustache. his parents did not love him. They could take him <laughs> to the orthodontist. It's because of the breastfeeding. That's why. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, they show up the cages, trailer house door after stealing the car, and Holly Hunter is not happy about it and wants them out immediately. Yeah, I mean, <clears> she's kind of right, though, right? They're like. Yes. She's like, I just, and she's a I just police stole officer. a new baby. I really need to keep the heat off. And yeah. now I have a bunch of criminals here, so let's let's cool it, gang. What does she say? Like, the whole thing goes down. She's like, so you broke out of prison? And then the other guy's like, well, aren't you stoned? And then Goodman interrupts him because we felt the institution no longer had anything to offer us. My lord, he's cute. Just <laughs> changes the subject <laughs> to the baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, really? So that was our own personal recognizance. I was like, oh my God, yeah. this is so fucking funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we didn't feel like we needed this anymore. It's like, okay. <laughs> Very elegant ways of like deflecting the fact that they just broke out of jail. Like they really, you know, explained themselves pretty well. <laughs> they did <laughs> exactly what a classic Cohen brother thing is. Like you, like we're supposed to understand these people are like dumb as shit. Meanwhile, they're like, well, perhaps, madam, we uh, re-educate ourselves. Like, it's like, oh my god, too many big words. Like, we appreciate you uh, letting us reside in your domicile. Exactly. Well, it is it is very funny to hear people who are like very articulate also make every wrong decision ever. <laughs> Just no common sense. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know. But but like the confidence, like you can, they're very confident in the fact that they're very smart, but then never do anything right. It's always very funny too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like the difference between it. stupid and dumb. They're stupid. Right. Right, exactly. Also, they crawl through three football fields of shit like Andy Dufresne escaping Shawshank, and then they just sit right on their couch. I love that. <laughs> it's so funny. We don't usually like, smell like this. But they slick, they slick back their hair in the whatever, like the bathroom of that uh, gas station, rest stop, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had this friend in college who would constantly like go work out <laughs> and then come home or like come back to my apartment and like always sit down Ugh. on the couch with his sweaty workout stuff. It's like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, go fucking... That's not cleansely. That's how you get like, stuff. I'm... Right. I'm talking about, like, every day he was yeah. yeah, that's how you get fungus. Right. That doesn't, uh, 
that doesn't spark joy. I think Marie Kondo no. would say. I think no. she would be like, this is not, this is no, this is no bueno. Yep. So uh, that so that night, Cage is trying to sleep, but has a nightmare of his burly double biker sent out the kill cage after hearing that the Arizona baby went missing. This is great too. Okay, this is. I, I mean, I mean, this scene made me think of Tim. <laughs> Go ahead, Preble. Do pray tell. No, I was going to say. First of all, I, all I want to say this this didn't make me exactly think of Tim. This made me think of Ghost Rider. This is just presaging. <laughs> Did his career in the future it's just like you're just gonna be some fat hairy <laughs> motherfucker and you're, you're just gonna throw you in films and we hope they make like 10 bucks you every, every nine of that 10 bucks is coming straight back to the IRS <laughs> but other than that to Tim yeah because you know he's throwing grenades at bunnies just shooting lizards <laughs> drives by a bunch of flowers and they just light up on fire <laughs> 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 well, I, I, yeah, okay. Did you notice his it's tattoo? Fair, fair it's point, a fair, fair comparison. <laughs> the Roadrunner, right? No, the other one. The skull tattoo. Oh. It says, Mama doesn't love me. Or, Mama didn't love me. Mama didn't love me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A fair comparison, Max. <laughs> Tim, I'm not comparing this guy to you. I, mean, I just said that it just made me think of Tim as far as, like, the explosions go and stuff. Just fire out of nowhere. Like, this is, <laughs> this is Tim's stuff. This, Tim loves this stuff. Tim oh, yeah, I love it. I'm also that man, though. I just want to be clear. Wouldn't when my I, when I go into my alter when I go into my alter ego, the get a job killer who I am not. This is what I look like. Exactly. But I also don't look like that because I'm not that person. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. Just like I'm not Bobby Kraft because again I respect Robert Kraft and the New Patriots so much that I would never <laughs> want to be either extra, you know, exiled from the Patriots Stadium or killed in my bed tonight because I love them very much and I think they're I think he's completely innocent of any crimes Pre- or misdemeanors. And Preble also respects you I mean you also respect the the wonderful people massage ther- the massage therapy industry. Yes. You know I mean? Of course. You never endorse anything lewd and lascivious to happen to them. No, not at all. They they you know they deserve every ounce of our respect. Yes. That's, that's what I would say. They're just not Bob Kraft's respect. No, not Bob Kraft's respect. Bobby Kraft, I can't speak to you. Bobby That's Kraft's why you an pay for it. Bobby Kraft's an animal. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. That guy, he'll I'm disrespecting it. you. That's why I'm giving you money. <laughs> Precisely. That's that's the Bobby Kraft style. I think that's his MO. But that's, that being said, total respect to both of them and everybody else. He's just creating jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also pretty funny that uh, he'll pay for a hand job, but he won't pay for an extra year on any player's contract ever. No. no. We don't need it's that. Okay. Well, Max, there are some good investments. Some investments are good. Some investments are bad. Yes. And also, this is great that we're talking about this because this episode won't come out for another two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure there's a bunch of shit that'll come out by then. Just so people know, we were on it today. The day, this, this news broke. We were like CNN. We're on top <laughs> of this shit. Thinking jokes. It was good. Um, all right, so let's see. Also, I like the uh, you get the evil dead shot of uh, when the when Mrs. Arizona wakes up the next day and finds her kid missing. Yeah, with the extreme, the, the like the zooming, the weird yeah, camera the like weird flying through. Up. Yeah, wonderful. So I think it was Ethan Cohen. He was um, the editor on the original Evil Dead movie. Is that true? Yeah, because I was like, as we were watching, like this is Evil Dead. <laughs> Just like. Like straight up, they're just ripping that off. So that makes more sense. It's more of like a homage. Yeah, I'll believe that. Okay. Yeah, I like that a 
Um, so then he cut to Nathan Arizona, who is awesome in this movie. Um, also, the head coach in Bull Durham. Oh, right. Yeah. Is he real? Well, yeah. Oh, Why do we need a scoreboard? We haven't scored any runs all damn year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, but the next morning, he's addressing the media, and one of the reporters asks uh, which boy was abducted, and he goes, uh, Nathan Jr., I think. <laughs> and then uh, before he speaks to, uh, speaks to the police, he smiles and just pitches his tagline of, this business, you won't find a lower prices of paint prices anywhere if I ain't Nathan, Arizona. Something like that. Yeah. You also use the word raison d'etre, like the reason. <laughs> I was like, this is this is a classic Coen Brothers movie. I was like, no one here is using this word. I don't even know what it means. I just know it's French and fancy. I was like, I don't know. It's just funny. It's like the reason to live or something like that. But I was like, this is out of control. It's like, this is not happening. And then, uh, yeah, you have like the classic bumbling cops and FBI agents just caught up in like a pissing fight. You got one cop who's just obsessed over what kind of uh, clothes the kid was wearing. And then the, the FBI guy's just teasing him. It's like, I don't know, Jambies. He has some Yoda shit on him. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He's wearing a three-piece suit. How the hell do I know? Huh. <laughs> what is it? His last name's like it's like Hiffenheins or something. It's like so. Your name is not Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, Would you buy furniture from a store called Unpainted Hiffenheins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he makes a strong point. <laughs> he makes a couple of good points here, and then you know he's. He's cleaning the house because everyone, they're just smoking cigarettes inside. They have like their feet on his coffee table. He like kicks the guy off and he's just, it's like, no leads. You're all standing around the only house in the state that we know for a fact my kid is not in. <laughs> that was so funny. He does a really good job of shitting on everyone in that room. <laughs> he does. He's great. Which is so interesting because I thought he'd be like a bad guy in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like I thought as this thing progressed and yeah. spoiler, and he really never becomes that. He kind of just. He actually becomes a very good guy. Yeah, exactly. He kind of becomes this guy. I'm like, all right. Good for you, man. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's just a dad who just wants his kid back. <laughs> you know? He's you got know, the simple things. The simple yeah. things. <laughs> who loves his wife? Yeah, yeah. It was just like, uh, is she adopted by, like, was your child uh, kidnapped by aliens? He's like, you can't print that, son. That'll just, that'll just destroy her. Destroyed <laughs> <laughs> the missus. And I was like, oh my <laughs> that'll God. That'll just destroy the missus. <laughs> it was like, Jesus. Mrs. Arizona isn't a bright lady. <laughs> And then uh, also just laughing at just how fucking white trash John Goodman and his brother are in this. Because they're eating cereal, just spilling it all over the place while smoking cigarettes and drinking Coke. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some off the fine cornflakes you got, Mrs. McDonough. <laughs> yeah. Just like absolute fucking slugs. Like just slu- like half human slugs. Just like literally, like they can't even hold the spoon straight. No. They can't even hold it horizontal. It's just like this... The minute they pick it up out of the water, it just goes back. Like, they spill it all over the place. And it's just drooling. It's just so good. Good John Gummy's He's, like, dumping all the sugar into his cereal, too. Right. <laughs> Once again, the two halves of Paco's brain. <laughs> Coming together pretty... Yeah. Pretty convincingly during this period of time. It was so fucking funny. I have to say, anytime I saw John Goodman in this, spoiler alert, <sighs> he was my favorite. But, like, oh, yeah. anytime he was in it, I was like, this is... This is pure gold. Everything about this is gold. He's got these huge bun chop sideburns throughout the whole movie, too. He's got the greaser hair. I know. I tried to grow those sideburns for about 10 years, and they really worked out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just mega upset about it from about age 15 to now. So I was like, all right. 
It's like, well, I thought you were trying to grow those from like, yeah, five to 15. <laughs> yeah, I was the same, yeah. Well, you know, Tim, we all have dreams. We all have dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah, not everybody can be fortunate like me and have sideburns when you're 13. I know, I was just saying, man, I actually haven't <laughs> sideburns where I see my fucking life, and I've never, I've never gotten over it. I've never been super jealous about it. Sideburned son of a bitch. I know, exactly. Max is like the hairiest non-Armenian <laughs> I am. You know, that's why I always hit Max whenever we play baseball against each other. I just want to hit Max every <laughs> single time. on my hair. Yeah, I see those sideburns? Well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Why you? That's what you got for him, sideburns. Exactly. I'll see you in math, motherfucker. Preble super glue and pubes onto his face. I've been carefully sculpting myself for years. Like, come on, come on. Why would this work? And then also, I'm ever gonna pull off this fedora jazz master look without these juicy sideburns. I'm never gonna be Indiana Jones like this. <laughs> yes, Dad, I know he's not a real person, but I don't care. He's real to me. <laughs> My life sucks. Uh, he's real in the first and the third movie, not the second and fourth ones. He's dead <laughs> to me in the fourth e- one. Those don't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. That's what's going to keep him. That's what's going to get me to bed tonight. Uh, side note, speaking of aliens, in the fourth Indiana Jones movie, I was sitting next to Preble in the theaters when they just find out that the crystal skull is just an alien skull. And Preble stood up and just threw his hands up in the air. I've never, I've never, I've never been more upset in my life. <laughs> Silently. I know. Nobody in, these, no one in the theater really gave a shit except for me, apparently. He was, Preble was so pissed. What? <laughs> I saw that movie. I was out visiting my dad in Chicago at the time, and I remember I... I uh, I saw that we went to see that movie, and the only seats in the theater were like in the front, in the Ugh, front row. God! And uh, we left the movie, and my dad goes, "Oh God, I have a terrible headache." I think it was because I had to look up the whole time. I was like, "I think that was just from the fucking movie." <laughs> no, I agree with you because yeah, I, that's I a one and done been, movie. Even though the last movie, the last, and I may, I mean that very specifically, the last movie came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. When I went to see. Do you hear us, Steven? Do you hear me? When I saw that, I wanted to murder. I was like, Max is like trying to cat, and he's trying to get like these like very sharp candies out of my hand. So I'm trying to cut my arm. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, Max, no, this is my time. Purple like, sharpening sweet tarts into a yeah. shoe. <laughs> I'm glad these are super. I'm glad these are super old. So I have a lot of things to think about now. It's like, First, I can't have sideburns, then this happens. Oh. All right. Right, so but then, uh, in Arizona. Back to race in Arizona. They're still at breakfast. Um, yeah, so after John Goodman asks Holly Hunter why she isn't breastfeeding because she looks capable, uh, Cage just asks the boys to leave for a few hours because they have some cough, cough, decent folk over to the house. And my God, these fucking monsters... Because uh, you have Cage's supervisor, Glenn, played by the guy who voiced the dad from the Dinosaurs TV show. <laughs> <laughs> what a great TV uh, show. Oh, yeah. Love it. Strong pull by me. Yeah, I was going to say, Jesus. <laughs> and then his wife is uh, played by Frances McDormand, who is in like every Coen Brother movie. I was going to say, if Frances McDormand, the minute I saw that this movie started, and I didn't know the Coen Brothers directed this until I saw the credits yeah. at the end. Yeah. I was like, if Francis McDermott isn't in this movie, I'll be shocked. Yeah. And then, sure enough, there she is. Like every she movie. Is, but she's being hot, though, which is different. Yeah, she looks good in this. Jeez, that say, that's, a different, that's a different style. It's weird. Francis, young Francis McDermott with blonde hair. 
looks pretty good. Exactly. It was good with that gray, mossy yep. type hair. I was like, oh, okay. Yep. Same thing Mississippi Burning, too. She looks good in that one, too. Okay. Getting beat up by uh, the guy who played Chucky. Yep. All the, right. The Academy Award winning actor? Yes. Guy? Yes. Yeah. Or Academy Award nominated, beating yeah. up the two-time Academy Award Excuse winner. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes. Screw. Mm-hmm. Correct yourself. Stephen Dorff, right? Yes. Brad Dorff. Brad Dorff. Brad Dorff. Monsieur Dorff. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and then also they got these five adopted degenerate fuckstick kids. These kids need to go. I gotta tell you, though, I like the cut of this Glenn guy's jib. (laughs) (laughs) The the clothes he's wearing. (laughs) He's wearing some great clothes. He's telling some great Polish jokes. (laughs) Nothing gets me going like a good Polish And I think he's got some good ideas about how to keep your marriage a little spicy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, so they introduce the kids, though. First, they're just bashing Nick, Nick, uh, Nicholas Cage's car with, like, bats and just, like, scratching all over their doors. And then you got one kid writing fart on the wall. You got another one just telling the, the dad, give me that Twinkie. And then he just throws it against the wall. Why not? After that happened, Nikki just said, this is birth control. <laughs> <laughs> Correction, Nikki. This is what birth control is not. (laughs) This is the reason for birth control. This is the reason for birth control. Yes. Yeah, so then after uh, Glenn butchers a couple of just oddly racist Polish jokes, Mm -hmm. he proposes a wife swap because they're swingers. And he has to, like, spell it out to Cage. Cage is kind of looking at him sideways. And then uh, that leaves the Cage bashing him in the face, and then the boss runs in a panic, headfirst directly into a cactus. Which I think, I, you know, <laughs> I think Nick Cage's character there needs to lighten up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just want sure. to have a good time. You know? <laughs> yeah, because that's definitely not what I would do if um, someone proposed to fuck my wife. I would definitely not punch them in the face either. So, I'm just saying, you know, off the cuff, I think Ralph looks good. And I like to have my penis inside her. <laughs> like, yay, day. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. I would I'm just wondering how Mr. Kraft would feel about the whole thing, to be honest. First of all, my wife is judge. That's necrophilia. Okay. Oh fucking appreciate that shit. That's for me. I'm me alone. Okay. I only get to do that. Like your fucking Dracula and stuff. That being said, I'm wholly innocent of this crime of digging up a bunch of old people and trying to have sex with them. What's that? I'm not being charged with necrophilia? Well then, not guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Was I wrong? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, you, are you okay, Mr. Kraft? Seems like you're kind of choking on your, uh, your whiskey uh, there. I was thinking of Myra a lot, you know, in my doctor days, which may have led me to make some decisions I don't like. <laughs> All right, so that night, raising uh, Arizona, <laughs> raising Arizona, back to raising Arizona. We're still in the same day. Breakfast is over, and now it's the nighttime. And uh, Holly Hunter, she's chewing out Cage on the ride to pick up some diapers for the baby. So Cage, already stressed, goes back to his old ways. 
puts on a pair of pantyhose over his head and tries to rob the same grocery store that he always does. And surprise, surprise, like always, it doesn't go well. The next note I had here was this chase scene is just cocaine. Yeah. He's out of control. Whew. All right, so... I'm going to try uh, to explain it. So it's going to take a minute because you got one of the most batshit crazy chase scenes in movie history with Cage holding the diapers in one hand while just running away from this teenage cashier uh, down the street who has a shotgun and just firing round after round with a cop next to him. Then you got a cop hanging out of his car with unlimited bullets. And then you got a pack of escaped dogs chasing him into the uh, chasing him all the way through the town at the same time. Then the cop and the dogs chase him into the grocery store until he gets into a random dude's car who tells him that he has underwear on his head. And then the front glass gets shot out by the cops. And then a few seconds later, the guy slams on his brakes, which makes uh, Cage just fly straight through the front of the car. And then he just goes, thank you, sir. Then Holly Hunter picks him up and they pick up the diapers on the road. Woo! Yeah. I feel, like I've, I feel like I've either seen this part of the movie or, like, someone making fun of this part of the movie because I, the dog's going through, like, the living room when they're chasing, the cops chasing uh, Nick Cage. I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. At least, like, there's some sort of weird homage to this. But that was fucking hilarious. It's like a naked oh. gun scene. It's just, it's just it? so slapstick. I don't, I don't think so, but just that's just what made me think of it. It's like it's just so slapstick and ridiculous. Then you got like banjo, you know, banjo guitar playing in the background the whole yeah, time. Man. It's like, um, it's like Cannonball Run. <laughs> if you guys have ever seen Cannonball Run, <laughs> yeah, I guess. And this is when Derek would make his Schindler's List joke. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna leave. Yeah, I was gonna say there are a few parts there are a few points in this movie where I literally note in my mind, like, note, Derek may speak here. Speak louder. Because <laughs> I was like, this is not gonna be appropriate. And I was like, I can't have this be discussed more often. But since he's not here, I'm gonna let what I thought might be racially insensitive or or otherwise just glide by. So that's my hope. That's my hope and dream. Okay. Not not dig deep into it. No, not no. at all. Not at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. So, um, they get back to the house and John Goodman and his brother are just watching cartoons and eating all the food in the fridge. And Holly Hunter... There are like <laughs> 10,000 empty yeah, Budweiser. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. I forgot about that. The Coen brothers and their crew really drank or pretended to drink. Like... Like, like I don't, I didn't count them all. This is why I was counting on Derek to do that, but like 30 cans. Yeah. Like in one shot. Like I think I kind of like, yeah. Everywhere around them. Yeah. I think there's an entire I case. Lo- I do love Paco's like autistic need <laughs> to count everything in movies. <laughs> there's 1,200 rounds of bullets and 26 cans of Budweiser. Yeah, exactly. It took me eight and a half hours to count those, but you know why? Because I always count every single thing in there. Did you happen to know there are 1,158,000 seconds in this movie? It's like, <laughs> Derek? Yeah, Holly Hunter tells him they need to leave by tomorrow. Then John Goodman says that uh, Nicholas Cage is getting whipped. And uh, him being the smarter one in the group proposes that Cage uh, should join up with them and rob this local farmer's bank. And um, this is one of those lines in which, like, uh, that uh, Goodman delivers. In which, you know, like, stupid people think they're acting smart when Cage goes, I don't know about that, man. And then Goodman just goes, H.I., think about it. And just taps his head, and Cage is kind of like, well, when you put it that way. (laughs) 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 
So um, the next morning, Supervisor Glenn shows up the trailer with a big bandage over his nose, saying that he's fired, and uh, blackmails him into giving over the baby, or else he's going to go to the police and get the $25,000 reward that uh, Mr. Arizona had announced. And what does he say? Like, I think the guy's like, first off, you're fired, and Cage is like, yeah, I think or so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He's like, you're fired, you gotta pay for my medical bills, all the, and then what's it that Francis B. Dorman, or whatever her name, and she's gonna come over and get the baby in the morning or something like that, right? Yeah. Because she wants to snuggle it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the term that I didn't want to say. Um, yeah. Well, this Glenn says something like, yeah, we went back to the adoption agency and they only had those like weird Indian ones there. <laughs> something like that. Something like really fucked up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was one of the ones I didn't want to talk about. But, uh, <laughs> so I felt there like that go. was fodder. But, but yeah, no, they did say something horrendously offensive. Um, <laughs> No, they did. But the other thing, that, other than that, I was there's one point where they they're doing like this montage where they're when they went back to that clerk, the kid that was shooting at Nick Cage for him, and he's reading a Playboy. But it's the title is it the title of the uh, the Playboy is quote Titties Times Two, <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant. Nice. Does that mean there are four boobs, or they're just, they're just reconfirming the fact that there are two boobs? And I just didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know, but I was like, oh god. This is, this is a lot. Either way, at the title like that, I'll buy it. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, you've got I'll you buy that for a dollar. Um, so Cage goes back into the house, not knowing that Goodman and his brother overheard everything, and then they just get into this awesome trailer house fight. I think it was a Cage. He like he scrapes his knuckles up against the popcorn ceiling, and then John Goodman winds back to punch him, but his elbow like goes through the plaster wall on his way to punch him. And then they just dive at each other through like a fake cardboard fireplace that falls like directly into the bathroom. Yeah, it's a good fight. I'm not gonna lie. I really enjoyed this fight. I also think to something back earlier that the uh, the guy that what's his face Nick Cage saw in his dream, like the weird mm-hmm. bounty hunter guy. I was like, does this guy not look like the original dog, the bounty hunter? Oh yeah, right. Like this is him. Like Mad this Max, what, and yeah. Yeah, like this is what oh, dude. that motherfucker thought he was looking like. It's like, you ever seen Raising Arizona? That's me. <laughs> I I can see him, like Dog the Bounty Hunter, sitting on his couch looking like a prep. He probably looked like a fucking like Yale, you know, like whiffing poof <laughs> guy. And then he's like, he was just saying to his wife, he's like, I just gotta, you know, develop a, a unique persona. <laughs> you know, I just, people need to recognize me immediately. They need to they need to, to to know who I am when they see me. And then I, he watched he was watching this movie and he saw that guy and he's like, Bingo! Hallelujah! <laughs> this is my new life now. Oh my god! <laughs> Beth, go give me some of them mullet hairs. I want to staple them to back my head. <laughs> so Cage, he wakes up tied to a chair, surrounded by cheese puffs, and baby Nathan Junior is gone. Oh no! How did this happen? I know. And this is also now where I know um, that scene from Nicolas Cage losing his shit uh, video when he's just screaming sideways comes from. <laughs> it's from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the baby's superpower is uh, definitely just being adorable and cute because he's now been kidnapped twice and these two bad guys immediately fall in love with him as well and they decide just to keep him and <laughs> not take the 25 grand. Uh, this part is probably one of my favorite parts of the entire movie is just because of, just because of John Goodman, just his his interaction, this whole thing is out of control, funny. 
Yeah, so they need to get diapers. Um, so they go up to the the brother goes up to this old man at the register, and this dimwit just asks first if uh, they still use pins for diapers like it's the fifties. And then he he goes to buy some balloons and asks, "Do these balloons blow up into funny shapes at all?" And the guy just responds, uh, nah, unless you think round is funny. Hmm. <laughs> and he kind of smiles, takes out a gun, robs a dude, tells them to come back to uh, 5,000 or something, or else he'll be back. So then they run to the car. 856. There we go. Thank you, Derek. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Specific numbers. This is when Tim just cuts off and he starts thinking about himself. Tim hasn't said anything in a while. Beard. It's like, what, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, so um, they run into the car and drive off. And then a few miles later down the road, they realize that they forgot the fucking baby in the parking lot. So then they just hilariously just start screaming at each other for the entire ride back to the gas station. Again, John, John Goodman's screams <laughs> so good. are worthy of an Academy Award. <laughs> They're screaming for like a minute, like a minute straight. Like, I can't believe that. He's got one so, hand on the steering wheel, he's punching the roof of the car in the other. It's <laughs> unbelievable. And then they head back in, the old man, he's like, he's counting down to like 2,567. He's like, oh, the hell with this. He gets up and they pull right into the parking lot and he's, and he's just kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> Goes back down. Oh, <laughs> um, so Holly Hunter comes home. She puts on her old police uniform and uh, says, or then she and Cage load up on guns to find the kid. And uh, on the ride, she tells Cage that she was irresponsible for stealing the kid and she doesn't care if they stay together. She just wants to make sure that Nathan Jr. is safe. Cut to Nathan Arizona's office and the bounty hunter from Cage's Nightmare is apparently real and his name is Leonard Smalls, a.k.a. Lenny from Mice of Men. <laughs> Same name. Um, and he offers to find the kid for fifty grand, but Arizona says he could be the thief and threatens to call the cops. So the bounty hunter gets up and just tells Nathan that he's got to find the kid anyways, and he's he can make more money off him selling him on the black market. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and also, so Leonard is Javier Bardem for No Country for Old Men. It's like you get a few very similar shots in this movie. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Like when he breaks in Nick, yeah. uh, Nick Cage's trailer for clues. It's like the same exact scene when he like breaks in and like drinks a cup of milk in uh, No Country for Old Men. Okay. I'll buy that. I didn't. Yeah. For a second when you said that, I thought, I'm like, is this Agony? I thought you were saying he was actually Javier Bardem. And I was oh, like, I'm sorry. no fucking way. I was like, <laughs> no, that's no just me slurring. Him. And I was like, oh. That's no. not Javier Bardem. 100% right. He is, <laughs> oh my he is Javier Bardem. Oh my God. Look at him. What a transforming actor. I know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Javier Bardem has been a meth. Has been. He was a, he was kind of a white trash white guy, and now he's been method acting as a suave Spanish <laughs> Spanish actor for you know close to fifteen years now. Yeah, he he was a heavyweight boxer in the seventies who had over fifty professional fights, and then he turned into a Spaniard actor. There you go. Yeah, these are just true. These are just true statements. <laughs> Cannot be refuted. But I was expecting at one point for him to go to the shortstop convenience store and just make the cat not make the cashier just like call heads or tails on a coin flip. Uh, <laughs> Quote it. Cool. I guess you guys haven't seen No Country for Old Men in a while. I haven't. It's okay. You should. It's I will fantastic. Say, I will say that for a murderer, it's a kind of a that's a lame <laughs> That's a lame calling card. You know what I mean? Call it. It's Quote like, it. If you're gonna ma- if you're gonna make your victim be an active participant in their death, you know, come up with a more creative way to do it. 
That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Show me your W-2s. Right, exactly. Let's do your taxes, and if you get them wrong, you did. <laughs> if you file for unemployment, you're done. You did. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, social services? Get out of here. I'm not paying for my taxes, so you can just sit on your ass. Okay. <laughs> well, we're getting too far now. All right, so after this Dumb and Dumber Brothers robbed the farmer's bank with John Goodman holding a gun in one hand and the car seat with Nathan Jr. in the other because they're afraid of losing the kid again. That's the whole reason for that. Um, and what is it, the line? It's something like, everybody freeze and get on the ground. And then everyone just kind of stands there. It's like, this what? is my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> Which one is it, son? If I drop to the ground, I'm going to be in motion. <laughs> Yeah, in, in motion. Shut up! <laughs> what a what a phrase! <laughs> Forget what I said about the freeze. Now get on the ground. <laughs> Where do the bank tellers go? We're on the ground, sir. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. I was laughing my ass off that whole scene. <laughs> yeah, it's like a modern day, like who's on first kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Very like Abbott and Costello. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was thinking the whole time too. Um, very slapstick again. So then uh, the brothers forget about the baby again on their ride back. So uh, they're heading back to pick him up and they open up their bag of money and this anti-theft cashier or uh, this anti-theft canister just explodes inside the car and they just turn into like two dumb, fat, blue men group people. They have a great they have a great line in this where they say, God damn it, you never leave a man behind. Referring to the, <laughs> yeah, baby. the baby. And I was just like, this is great. Like what? Side of the road. Exactly. And they scream again. Again, for like the ah! third time, just like, ah! they're like driving backwards to get this baby. And then Goodman, and then Goodman can't hit the, he can't slam on the brakes because his feet are too slippery from all the paint. <laughs> oh, God. Cajun Hunter, they're racing at the baby after uh, John Goodman tells them what happened. But uh, good old uh, Lenny Smalls, or whatever the fuck his name is, the Grim Reaper on wheels, is able to get to him first after peering in in like a aberration of flames. Yeah, I there's a lot, but it's funny. It's good commentary, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Cage uh, distracts Smalls by just getting pummeled, and he's about to get killed via bear hug when he notices that they have the same Woody the Woodpecker tattoo. Then he sneakily pulls out one of the grenade pins, so Leonard tries to get his vest off, but he can't, and then he just fucking explodes. Explosions. That just explodes. It's like vaporized. Which is something I appreciate in these Coen Brother movies, where it's not like it's not like super violent. It's just like we know he's gonna die, right? And even you like see a boot afterwards. It's like okay, we all know he's blown to bits. I didn't need to see his like. This isn't a Total Recall where I see like eyes bulging and all that. I'm like oh. cartilage. And exactly, like wake me up in my yeah, wake me up in my midnight dreams. I was like oh god. Probes being pulled out of pregnant noses. Yeah. <laughs> So Cajun Hunter decided to get the kid back uh, when Nathan Sr. walks in on him. And at first he offers them the reward, but they decline. And they also say that they're going to break up. Then Arizona realizes that they are the kidnappers. And then after just seeing how they're just looking at this kid and how much they love him, he uh, tells them to never give up hope and he won't call the cops. Like, you can go out the way you came in. It's like, yeah, it may not be present charge, but get the fuck out of here. I'll see you later. It's like, oh, okay. I thought it was a very nice little message he gave at the end there. You know what I mean? 
but as he's like delivering his like nice little like sincere monologue, he just puts the gun in the crib. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Listen, I'll tell you what. You want to know how to keep your kids safe? Put that gun in the crib. Does <laughs> anyone ever tries to come in, get the kid? You know you got a gun there. Yep. And the kid's ready, right? The kid's getting prepared. That's how Tim was raised. Right. <laughs> Listen, that's exactly how I was raised. And I only had 18 accidents. Because <laughs> you want to know what? It's more likely that there's going to be some crazed murderer who has that out for your family, and your family in particular is going to come in and try and murder your entire family than there is that your kid is going to get a hold of your uh, your loaded and safety-off weapon. I mean, because that's a low, low percentage of that. That's a low happening. percent kill. We all we we have the spreadsheet. We all know. Right, exactly. exactly. The spreadsheet doesn't lie. No, it does not. Right. This episode was brought to you by the NRA. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go and so let's just do a quick tutorial on safe gun handling here, folks. Okay. What you're wanna gonna wanna do when you got toddlers in the house, especially, you're gonna wanna keep your guns at the lowest shelf possible. Okay. <laughs> keep them low so the kids can handle them so they get comfortable with them. You're also going to want to make sure that the triggers and the guns are very slippery. Lube them up so that when the kids are handling them, they're going to they're gonna have to hold them tightly and squeeze them. You know what I mean? Or else they're going to drop them. And there could be, you know, they don't want to drop them, right? The next thing you want to do is you want to really make sure that you got them all over the place. So they're, they're never going to be five steps away from a gun. You know what I mean? And the final thing is... Never, ever, ever use the safety. The safety <laughs> is for pussies. It's for women and for pussies. Always keep them locked and loaded. There we go. Yep. That's the most important part. Right. If you take anything away from this, this is what I want. Give your babies guns. The more you know, rainbow. The more you know. I'm going to get sued because someone's actually, some dumbass actually going to hear this. You think you're going to get sued? I just been shit talking Bobby Cram for about 30 minutes. <laughs> I was going to say, he's a fucking billionaire. Getting my gonna, ass beaten in. But then again, Lord, so that being said, I definitely am making fun of Robert Kraft. I'm talking about Bobby Kraft, who is a figment of my imagination, who happens to own <laughs> the New England Patriots and has a shithead son. But that's just it. Bobby Kraft's going to hear your impression and be like, this guy's got some good points. I don't remember saying that. I don't think that's me at all. Wait, hold on a second. Oh my God, it is me. What have I become? Why is anyone watching me? I'm in a distressful state of mind. Oh, my God. Bob Kraft is just going through his phone, checking all of his outbound calls. It's like, oh shit, did I... Oh, you done it again, Bobby. Oh, you fucked yourself. Oh, Stop man. calling podcasts that nobody listens to. Damn it. <laughs> An audience of maybe tens. Tens of people. Maximum. <laughs> yeah. At least some people are going to hear this. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, there's two Bob Crafts in the room. It's diabolical. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. No hooker is safe. Now? <laughs> All right, yeah. So back to the movie. Um, <laughs> off the rails. You, know, you thought you'd be safe without pockets <laughs> for real? Jesus, this is what happens when we record on a Friday night. <laughs> um, the last thing I thought, uh, like this dad, he's like having all this, you know, he's having this nice monologue, and then I thought at the end he was just gonna go, "Oh hell, you can have one." 
Yeah. <laughs> I did too. I thought they I really did. Yeah. But it, he doesn't, unfortunately. They go out the way they came in. And uh, as the movie ends, Cage in a voiceover dreams about Nathan Jr. growing up while John Goodman and his brother crawl back into the prison through the same hole they came out of. And which also made me laugh out loud when just crawling back into the hole. Yeah. And uh, this dream or in this dream maybe uh, Nathan Jr. gets a football for Christmas one day by an anonymous family and becomes a football star and maybe this couple grows old and their families visit them for the holidays and maybe it isn't them at all maybe it's just a family not too far away maybe Utah and then the movie ends raised in Arizona so was I supposed to take anything from the last scene? Like, you know, no, I didn't get it any sort of like message yeah I didn't get it either <laughs> I had to like look it up like why the fuck did he just end it with or maybe it was Utah. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I thought it was very sweet. I had to say, I was I was not surprised for this. I was like, oh okay. It's like maybe it's us, or maybe you know whatever. Other people will you know grant their blessings of kindness on him. I was like, okay. Also, yeah. Also it's like possible. if it's not their dream, it'll be someone else's. That'll come yeah. true or something like that. I guess I don't know. The Coen Brothers end their movies very weird. They do. It's, it's always just offbeat. And then like it just goes to screen, and then everyone in the audience is kind of like looking at each other, like that was that should was it. Cl- should we clap now? Everyone just looks at each other and goes, "That was good." <laughs> I Am guess. I not smart enough? Am I right. picking up on this, or or is this too dumb? Yes, yeah, I don't. I don't think I got it, but I'm gonna clap like I pretend like I got it. <laughs> okay, now my head in right, approval. Let's all right, time for trivia. First one I enjoyed too. So Nick uh, Nicholas Cage's hair is uh, matched by his stress level, just meaning the more stressed he got in the movie, the bigger his hair got. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, Randall Tex Cobb, who was uh, the bounty hunter, he was a professional kickboxer. Then he turned into a heavyweight, and uh, he was considered to have one of the best chins in boxing history, just because he could take more punches in the face than anybody, as you can tell just from his like fucked up nose. And he had a career boxing record of 42-7 and seven with 35 knockouts. And in 1982, he challenged Larry Holmes for the heavyweight title. And he won 15 rounds, but lost. Okay. Impressive. That's not bad. So huh? he is, a, yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. So he knows how to fight. Okay. Also, apparently the Coen brothers um, hated him. They said that he was extremely difficult to work with and that they would never work with really? him ever again. Of course he is. Like, what, How is he difficult to work with? They said that it, they they said this like I think that he didn't realize that his uh, his character was a character and he just acted like that the entire time. <laughs> it's meaning like he just was he acted like his character yeah. the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like I always think it's always amazing. It's like it's like so we hired somebody to like who's like known to be a like fighter or whatever, mm-hmm. and for one whatever reason they couldn't act. I couldn't believe it. Like, they were they, they were uh, aggressive and uh, they didn't really listen well. Yeah, it's weird. It's like I couldn't believe it. They couldn't take directions, or you know, it's like I like. What did you expect from these people? So like you hired someone yeah. that's whole life is predicated on being the shit out of be, you know, it's getting punched in the head. Words. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like he has some CTE problems. Oh yeah, I wouldn't know anything about CTE. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. I don't know anything about it. I don't want to talk about it. Where are the whores? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I meant I meant masseurs. Masseurs. 
Poor Robert Kraft. Uh, God. Um, also, they, they said Nicolas Cage was difficult to work with. Um, because I was wondering, it's like Nicolas Cage is the perfect guy to be in a Coen Brothers movie. Like he's just so out of control and like wild. Like he would be a perfect guy to do a movie. Like why hasn't he done one ever since? And I guess it's just like it was kind of a on each side they kind of admitted to it. But Cage, like he had says, like well you know they hadn't they weren't the Coen Brothers yet. They had done one movie, <laughs> and I had an idea for my role, and they had an idea, so I wanted to do mine, and they wanted to do theirs. And the Coen brothers are like, yeah, you know, Nick, he's a great actor. We really appreciate that he, you know, went out of his way to think about what the character would do, but we already wrote it, so he needed to do what we told him to do, pretty much. Um, The fact that they said he was a great actor is... That's not true. Just because your last name really... I know. (laughs) Which we will see. Which we will. I love this movie. I love Uh, this movie too, but... Nicholas Cage is an Oscar winner. He did win Best Actor for uh, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, God, he did. So did Roberto <laughs> Benigni, okay? He doesn't mean shit. There are a lot of one-hit yeah. act, like Oscar winners. Yeah. 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 <sighs> um, also, though, going back to uh, Randall Tex Cobb, he had, before the movie, he had never ridden a motorcycle before. So for one of the shots when he goes to like to like go investigate the hole that John Goodman crawled out of, he actually drove the motorcycle into the hole by accident. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And immediately started trying to fight the hole. Son of a bitch! Gonna make me look like an idiot, huh? I'll fucking show you. That's not how you fight. Just smashes his head against the wall like seven times, and then he punches. Perfect. <laughs> More trivia: Francis McDormand and Holly Hunter were roommates at Yale School of Drama. They kind of look. Hmm. They kind of look similar. Yep. Yeah. And they also wanted Kevin Costner for uh, the role Nicholas Cage had for some weird reason. What? Which would have been fucking terrible. They they didn't want Patrick Swayze. I don't understand. <laughs> I know this is the first time they didn't want Swayze. This is unbelievable. He's too charismatic. We all agree that Kevin Costner's never done anything good. I like Dancing with Wolves and I love Feel the Dreams, but I don't know if that's because he's a good actor or not. You could have put any fucking schmuck in Field of Dreams and it would have been good. I think for, for Kevin Costner, I think that he's only good in movies that he's passionate about, which is um, The Dancing with Wolves or baseball movies. Like, he's good in all three baseball movies that he did. Like, he's great in Bull Durham. He's good in Field of Dreams. And he was good in, um, what was the last one that he did? Uh, for the love of the for game. For the love of the game. Yeah, I was going to say. Besides that, though, what not about good. that, like, the A Dog's Life movie where <laughs> apparently he just, like, tortured animals? <laughs> what about Mr. Brooks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, 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 I'm convinced, though. Like, he's only good in the movies that he actually cares about, and then he phones it in for everything but else. What about dra- he's so stiff. But what about Draft Day? Or Waterworld? Draft Day or Waterworld? <laughs> draft Day actually wasn't that bad. I watched that a couple years oh, ago. Oh, come on. Jennifer it Gardner's was- in it. That's how you know it's bad. <laughs> She's just like, well, what are we going to do about this? We got to draft quarterback or boo. I was like, oh my boo. God, this is horrendous. Yeah, Jennifer Garner, I'm not a fan. I um, I went to college, the first uh, first college I went to, um, with the girl that she was cousins of, uh, was, I keep on doing that. She's cousins with um, Ben Affleck, like first cousins. So they went to a bonfire one time and she said that Jennifer Garner was the biggest bitch that she ever met. Yeah. She's like she wouldn't talk to the family. She would talk to, to Ben Affleck through the family. Like, tell your family that I need another coat. It's too cold here. Perfect. <laughs> yep. So whenever I see on the stupid card commercials, I'm like, oh, you're a real bitch, though. 
She has a very manly. She does have a manly face. face. Yeah. Not attractive. You know what? I'm going to write her a letter about that. Tell her to fix it. <laughs> fix your face. It looks manly. Yeah. It's really affected my life. <laughs> Stop acting so sweet and sincere. Her. Some guy on Hold My Popcorn said you weren't a nice lady. Right. You mean the <laughs> you Hold My Popcorn? Face. Well, hold on. Let me, <laughs> let me change The one that Bob Craft was on last week? Yeah. The Hold My Popcorn. The, the podcast, the one and only podcast where Robert, Robert Kraft came on mm-hmm. and to... To talk about his uh, his allegations. That admitted to his solicitation. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, untrue. 100% untrue. That's so true. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Who said that? Robert Robert was today and getting jibbers. See you later. <laughs> Back to trivia. (laughs) Raising Arizona to close it out. Yes. So the the lullaby that Holly Hunter was singing to Nathan Jr. down in the Willow Garden is about a man sentenced to death for brutally killing his fiancée. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. That's what my parents sung to me when I was... (laughs) Nothing happened. No, I turned out good. Totally normal. (laughs) No problems, Dave. And then lastly, uh, the guy who played the supervisor, Glenn, said that he and Cage were out to lunch one day at a Denny's during filming, and a fan came up to him, wasn't sure that it was him or not, and asked for an autograph, and then Cage signed it, Tomorrow You Will Die, Nick Cage. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And then killed him the next day. (laughs) That's definitely helping his non-psychotic persona, right? (laughs) So, Perfect. All right, time for questions. I think we already know the first one, but who's your favorite and least favorite in this? Is it a consensus that everyone's favorite was John Goodman? John Goodman was definitely my favorite. I thought he was the best. Yeah, yeah, John Goodman. Yep. Yeah, him just screaming for like 45 seconds straight was super impressive. I I don't know, like my throat hurt just watching him scream. That's what I mean. That's what I thought was so funny. I was like, he literally just... I don't know what the direction was, but it was perfect because he just screamed for like 30 seconds in a row. These long, continuous shots of him like running away or whatever he was doing. I was like, this is great. <laughs> Amazing work. All right. I'm going to say my least favorite was the baby. Mm. 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 Okay. It's like, do more, baby. <laughs> Act. You're fucking. You're getting paid. Yeah. Just dead weight. <laughs> goddamn paperweight <laughs> anchor to the movie it's a strong point yeah I actually don't know who I hate the most in this movie everyone's pretty pretty likable yeah it was kind of likable the only person I guess would just be the Mrs. Arizona because really she didn't do anything except do nothing and then scream but mm, it's other true. Than that I was all about this movie I'm gonna say Nick Cage's bunk made in prison Nobody eats guy. sand. Yeah, nobody eats sand. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> the guy's full of shit. <laughs> and when we didn't have that, we ate sand. You eat sand? Yep. No, you don't. You didn't. Liar. Stop lying, liar. All right. If Mark Wahlberg was in this, what would he be confused about? Wait, so we, we aren't in Boston? <laughs> then where are we? Arizona? Arizona. <laughs> That sounds like a made-up place, too. Guys, I got a wicked better idea, okay? Raised in Massachusetts. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. 
so much hotter than anything you could ever imagine. If you don't it's believe a, me, a, talk to Robert Kraft. He just bought the Patriots. He's fucking good at stuff. He's a real, honest, upstanding motherfucker. I'm not joking. Raising Massachusetts will be a great movie. It'll be about a Navy SEAL oil worker <laughs> who saves the planet from an asteroid. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's super realistic. It's wicked awesome. Yeah. Directed by Jeff Berg. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jeff Berg. Pete Berg. Peter Berg. No, no. I like Jeff Berg. He's better. He's better. He's, he Jeff. always gets that uh, that, that camcorder cam, you know, that footage of us at the bar getting wicked hammered. Right. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny the next day. It's compelling. It's what the 21st century needs. And I know that fake shit. I'm fucking, I'm fucking highlighting a bunch of water. I'm trying to hawk to these losers. I'll fucking <laughs> drink my water now. So, uh, Miss Arizona, what kind of fertility pills do you use? I'm trying to get some of those for my cows for my burger so I can save money on cows. <laughs> <laughs> my brother uses only one eighth of every cow. And he throws the rest away. But they can't be vaccinated. Right. Never vaccinated. Or else my sister-in-law will and fucking was, kill. She's going to lose her shit because we all know those are for neurotoxins, right? <laughs> no, we don't know that because it's a lie. And because she's a psychopath. Ah, that kid. We all know that cheeseburgers give you autism. <laughs> Wait, what's that, Jenny? <laughs> Jenny saying vaccines give you autism. Wait, what's that, Mr. Doctor? Okay, this doctor's saying that neither of them. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and go with Jenny and Cheeseburgers give you autism. Anyways, go see my movie about me being an oil rig operator. And when you're at it, have my Arizona autistic hamburger. <laughs> I think we've coupled a lot of things I really enjoy in here. You know, I'm just saying. And if any plans start coming alive, I'm ready to fight. That's all I'm fucking saying. <laughs> <laughs> Right, just so IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes have their own rating system, we decided to make our own. So, guys, what would your rating be for this one? I'm going to make mine mad simple. One successfully stolen, abducted baby out of five. <laughs> I'm going to say um, 10,000 gallons of spilled cereal milk. <laughs> um, over uh, 15 exploded hand grenades. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to give this two screaming fat men crawling out of a sewage pipe like two new, newborn ogres out of one old cashier still counting on the floor. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up week one of our Nick Cage March Madness. And uh, this was a good warm up for the crazy that's going to ensue for the rest of the month. Um, so if you want to know what the next episode is going to be, you can follow us on our show. You can check out all the links below to find our Instagram and Twitter pages in the description box of this episode. And you can also still email us at tdbackrow at gmail.com because I just don't want to change that email. And nobody emails anyway, so who gives a fuck? So until next time, remember, if you want to steal a baby, make sure it's not from the richest family in town. They have four other ones that look exactly like that kid. Bye, everybody. Damn right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Especially goodbye to Bob Kraft. Be well, Bob. We all wish you well, Robert. Yes. <laughs> My life's in shit. <laughs>
Try get Meek Mill to get the fuck over and get me out of prison now. <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot of work out. 